I don't wanna go to work. I just wanna chill and play all day. Look him dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work. Welcome to season four of the Jobs Blow podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Haas, here once again to share inspiring stories about getting ahead. This week's show is called The Devil's in the Details with financial analyst and author, Nick Gerard. Hello, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hello, Brianna. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. I love the title of your show. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to talk about. Sure. So, You are a financial analyst or you work in the finance sector and your work caused you to re-examine your spirituality and write a novel that essentially rewrites the Bible. That lead-in is so controversial (laughs) on so many levels. And I personally, as I said to you before we started the show, not a fan of finance or that world. And currently, especially more than ever, not a fan of religion. So I'm with you, you. Know, I'm with you all the way. Yeah. Huge fan of your hair though, by the way, you all <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Nick, but he's got hairband <laughs> hair and you know how this girl loves her some hairband hair. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, uh, I work remote and honestly, I'm literally at work as we're speaking right now, my computer, my work computer is in the background, but when I go into the office, my boss, and it gets a few interesting looks because, you know, no one has unkempt kind of hair like this. I kind of don't really care, but it's a little, uh, it's a little interesting look at the office, I guess. But Not even but, in Delaware? I would assume maybe Delaware, there's some people in Delaware that are still rocking the, uh, the hair. You see it sometimes, not a lot, not as unkempt as this. Usually, uh, I think my hair is kind of more of a, a mop these days, but uh, yeah, it's a little... A little different, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> it looks good. It looks good. Okay, so Thank before we, before we get started, I usually come up with a quote for the show based on my guest. So the quote I came up with is: "The stock market is filled with individuals who know the price of everything, but the value of nothing." <laughs> I was I actually like, should I find one about the Bible too? But I didn't want to be hateful. <laughs> but That's to okay. me, I, I really feel like that quote is so on point. It is. That's really describes perfectly how what I what I talk about in the book too is uh yeah, there's no value in anything. It's solely for the purpose of making money for a stock to go up. And I'm a part of reality. You know, I know that we, we need money and that we care about gaining more money. I, I realize that, but there's a point where you I'd say capitalism with integrity. You know, you want Don't to ha- things go together though. <laughs> They don't. And I want them to, you know, it'd be nice if you could say to people, Hey, we can make as much money as you want. But you know, if your business is let's cut down all the trees in the planet to make more money, that's not integrity. You know, so it's like, you almost kind of have to separate certain businesses to limit what they can do and not limit what others can do. If, if the work is virtuous, you know, if you're not just trying to get a profit, you know, a lot of the work I've done in the financial world, unfortunately, I've been in sales and operations and various different companies are across the US. When you're in sales, especially, that's what I'm doing in the book, is you are literally a machine. You're a robot. And they judge you on how many calls you make. And they record that through sales software. And if you're not doing a certain amount of sales per day, I'm making a certain amount of calls per day, you're not making enough money you're, and you're penalized. That was what really drove me over the edge to write this book. I mean, that's really when I started writing. And I, I can kind of get into that a little bit if you like. Yeah, no, whatever you, uh, I, I wanted to say on sure, that note, 
interestingly enough, with all of this gun control stuff that we're mm -hmm. dealing with now, I saw a quote from a Democratic senator, I think it was a Democrat, who said to the Senate something to the effect uh, about the members from the right, you aren't siding with the children, so you're siding with the murderers. And to me, yeah. it's not that they're siding with the murderers. It's all about the money. The whole, uh, I like what the whole, I like what you think. Yeah, the way like the whole way that they push out this whole Second Amendment is such bullshit. I agree. You're really on point. People that are supporting it don't realize that they've just been sold to. They've been sold this vision of they can't take away our guns because for the purpose of freedom. And a gun company has one purpose, to sell guns. That's it, to make a profit. And that's the only reason why they do it. And if there's limits on guns, then they won't make any money. And they don't want that to happen. And so right. it's, but it's, 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 it's so insane to me when the asks are so common sense. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be able to buy a gun until you're at least 21. And yeah. there's no reason for anyone to have these AR-15s. No. I mean, no. the best is when they compare yeah. what women go through to get an abortion. I love, oh, uh, yeah. To okay. get a gun. I yeah. mean, yeah. being a woman in the world right now is so frustrating. I and agree. It's, it's I agree. It's really frustrating because other women are our worst enemies. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we'll get into that because I, I have a lot yeah. to do with it. And that's why you're- I agree. Yeah, that's, you're, you're, you and I are on point. I got to say that right off the bat. Like, I agree exactly with what you're saying. And my wife and I talk about this all the time. You know, I love that show, uh, Veep. Yes. You know the quote I'm thinking of. When if a man could get pregnant, it'd be an, yeah, an ATM. An ATM. And that's the perfect quote. And it's, and we'll get into this. I'll take whatever lead you want, of course. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to go that far, though. Viagra's covered. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all about serving the patriarchy. And we, yes. I'm not going to go down that because you're the guest. And we're here to talk about you. So I'm going to look back at the bio I got that yeah. said you spent the better part of your career assessing how acts of God, war, recession, food shortages, tornadoes, negatively affected or impacted the markets and people who lived through the tragedies. So tell me a little bit about that and sure. then segue into the book and how that came about. Sure. So when I am talking about how like storms and all these other horrible events that happen on the planet, that's what, that's what I'm talking about in the book is how... I'm reversing the role, the traditional beliefs that humanity possesses for heaven and hell. I do that to describe why the cruel nature of our society exists the way it does today. A different explanation for it. You know, everyone thinks that God is so great and, and beautiful and virtuous, but I don't think that's true because every God allows innocent life to suffer. And so by creating the book is that these horrible events that occur, when you see people dying from a volcano, dying from a mass shooting or a war, innocent life suffering, I believe that gods do that to um, torture humanity. And that's why I put that in the book is like a different method of why humanity exists the way it does today. And I tied that all also into how in the book is that God creates money. God gives men leadership roles um, just to test us, ultimately to destroy the beautiful earth that God didn't create, that the devil created. So completely reversing those kind of rules to explain why society is how it is today. Kind of a larger, kind of a rambling answer for your question. But uh, yeah, that's how, that's how I kind of came up with that kind of philosophy. It's that we're being tormented by an evil, manipulative, arrogant ruler who is God. 
And we talked a little bit about this before the show. I mean, I think back to the Wizard of Oz, right? They were on their way to see this wizard who was going to solve the problems and it really didn't exist, right? It was a man behind pulling the (laughs) the strings. So isn't that kind of when you think about where religion came from, it essentially came from man. I completely agree with you. It was built to control people. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the morals that exist, like what we were just talking about, the people believe in those certain things because of the morals and values that come with religion that are seemingly backward. Religion does not believe in equality. And it is built to just control people around items that cause them to teach their children and their children about inequality. And that's that shouldn't exist. And that's what I'm trying to preach in this book. Preach, that's a funny word, <laughs> but is to enlightened society that we don't need to worship gods that allow life to suffer that we can't do this and ultimately the story i'm trying to tell isn't to be blasphemous or isn't to offend people that do believe in god i just want to convince them that they shouldn't believe in a god because god allows these things to happen in the world and i've actually taken a different take on the book as well usually god is a he all the angels are usually a him so in this book, I've kept it where God and the angels uh, have no gender. It's And I never refer to them as uh, he, him, his, she, her, hers. Well, you should have made them trans. That really would make <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of hard to write without you know referring to it using he, him, or his, mm-hmm. uh, she, her, hers. And honestly, they gets confusing because you keep thinking there's a group of people. Yeah. And you, when yeah. you say they. So. Agreed. That's why I think religion exists. It was invented by a man somewhere because they wanted to control people. And you mentioned how hard it is being a female these days and how hard it has been since the dawn of time. I really think a lot of religion was invented to control females. Well, and, and honestly, Nick, like this book should not anger people at you. What should anger people, especially Christian, and I do that yeah. in quotes, okay. religious people, is the news that comes out regularly mm-hmm. about the sexual abuse that ha- goes on in literally every single Every single Every Every single one. one. And as I've gotten older and looking at things from a different perspective, because I mean, I grew up, I went to church. I was taught to pray every night, but I was never in a specific religion. I just always myself a Christian. As I've gotten older and become more aware and moved out of Ohio into a much more progressive city. An enlightened society. And then it, yes. (laughs) It's become clearer and clearer to me that the religion that we indoctrinate our children into sets a lot of society up to be vulnerable to cults. Yeah. (laughs) In essence, essence, it It is is. a cult. Anytime your leader is so supreme that you do horrible things to other people, you allow them to do horrible things and get away with it. Yeah. That's no longer something that should is about love. Not at all. No. no. And all, they're all guilty of it too. They all allow it to happen. And that's what I don't understand. When horrible things happen, we pray. And yeah, well, I was just going to say, when you said that about God lets things happen. Yeah. Yeah. He's not taking their thoughts and prayer calls that they oh. endlessly send up. Yeah, exactly. The stuff that's going on in this country. So either he's ignoring them or... Yeah. I don't know. That's a great point. That's a big part of what I write about is that if God is virtuous, if God is this amazing being, then why is God allowing innocent life to suffer? 
And if that God is, then we shouldn't be worshiping any God. We should be challenging that God. And that's how I like to talk about this book is that it's a God challenging book. I'm basically saying, no, everyone. Sure. Believe in God. Do your thing. However, if you do believe in God, then you should say, be challenging God yourself and saying, why, God, why are you doing this to us? And I believe if more people think like that, then the easier it will be for religion to be eliminated. And that's why I think society can progress. A big part of this book is world peace, is achieving that. And I don't believe we can, we can ever achieve world peace if religion exists. I think that's the very first no, step that it's has to happen. The biggest wars in, in history. history of time. Yeah. yeah. It's like a repetitive cycle in humanity. We, yeah. Well, and it's also interesting because I just saw Jim Jordan, who I hate and despise, <laughs> posted a quote from Biden from the 80s where he said something to the effect about guns that bad people are going to get guns mm-hmm. regardless. And I responded to Jim Jordan because I hate the man. <laughs> good, good, good. Fiber of my being and said <laughs> the part of being an adult is being willing to admit when you're wrong and That's... grow from it or when you've been an accessory to sexual abuse. <laughs> yes. It's willing to admit it. Yes. Yes. That is being an adult. An and evolved it, adult. Yeah. yeah I agree. And, and I feel like for a lot of people, when you talk about religion, I mean, I come from a town where we had a public school and we had a Catholic school. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Catholic school, many of those families, generations went through that school and to have to really take a look at what you've believed in for mm-hmm. generations and recognize that it's not what you thought it was. Yeah. I can't imagine. It has to be extremely disconcerting. The thing exactly. that you have to yeah. recognize is that isn't on you. It doesn't make you less of a good person. I agree. That's very good point. Very good point. You were taught that by your parents and they were taught that by their parents and so on and so on. The repetitive human cycle. And you're not bad for believing in it, but it's time now to evolve. And to evolve is really just to analyze your beliefs. You know, sh- what am I actually believing? Why do I believe this? Well, we've just been told this by somebody else. Like we were talking before the interview started, like, you know, I'm not religious, you know, and my brain does not allow me to devote my, my life to an entity that I cannot prove exists. Now, let's say that a God proves that it exists. And for me, for me to believe in a God, I would be outside with thousands of people and God would come down on a staircase from the clouds and my grandma would, would be following God and everybody else I've ever known has died and say, Nick, yeah, this is real. Come with us. We'll go to heaven right now. We'll just check it out. This is real. It's videotaped. Okay, fine. Now I believe in God. Great. I would still say, God, we don't want you in this life. We don't want you to be a part of this. You are not this amazing being that's trying to help us. You're not, you are torturing us. Why do you choose to do that to us? eliminate yourself from existence. We don't need you. And I think everyone needs to take that approach. You can't change. It's very hard to change a religious person's belief. They say, call it faith. I describe in the book, faith is believing in something that you cannot prove exists. I hope that it exists. That's all it really is. And so it's very hard to change someone's opinion on that. But when you say someone, okay, pick one event in time, pick one event that happened yesterday in the world, horrible event. Why does your God that you worship, allow it to happen. And no one can answer that question. I like That's why I like that argument is that if innocent life suffers, if a God was virtuous and kind and good, that God would step in and stop it from happening. And if a God doesn't do that, then they're just a selfish, manipulative ruler that only care about getting worship from individuals. 
And you should not believe in an entity like that. But the interesting thing is, too, there are some religions, one I'm thinking of specifically, that the mafia love to go and give their, uh, what what was that called when you would say your sins? Go to confession Confession. and get your Hail Marys and then walk out and be absolved of the shit they did. That's my thing. Like, how does, how do you not recognize that this was created yeah. for, by men for men? Exactly. at the same time, women in abusive marriages were supposed to stay. Exactly. How could that be possible? Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. They're against divorce. They're against everything like that. And Well, and why can't you go in there and say, I'm sorry, I'm getting divorced and be absolved of it? Like, oh, it, no, not it, that. No. What it was, That's where we draw the line. Yeah. It's, it's all about power. It's all I, about the power structure and keeping people in line and-, and and mostly women, you know, and I feel like a lot of, you made a good point earlier. I like that, you know, a lot of women are sometimes the worst enemy of other women. And I believe those women that are, that have those opinions, they're dominated by a man at home who has that view. And that's, you know, in religion, it's the man of the house. It's very, the man makes the decisions. That's who you're supposed to take the lead from. And that is not how life should be at all. Did you ever see the documentary, The Way Down? It was run by a woman and it started out that it was a weight loss way. It's using religion to lose weight. And it was Uh. just crazy. (laughs) She she was at the top and she still treated women like crap. She was the leader, put men under her. And again, women were the lesser. And I am just like, uh, you know, but she was raised in a very, very religious household. And that's, that's so. it. Power is a big deal. When you give someone power, when you give a bad person power, it gives them this feeling of arrogance that they are better than other people. And then we see that in the world of finance. We see that in all of our jobs with bad bosses that treat people like that. But a lot in, in religion, it's easy to see that it's just about power and also money. I like to, my wife and I have a joke. You know what the oldest, the world's oldest pyramid scheme is? It's religion. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> you believe in this, give me your money, and then you start your own branch. And then that branch can give me money and just keep going and going from there. It, that's all it really is. Well, and the fact that we have these ministers who have all this money that fly on private planes, and then oh. there's a hurricane and they don't open their doors to people. Yeah. To take, but people yeah. are so sold into the fact that they're getting into heaven because they give their money to these people. Yeah, they think they're like, yeah, these, these beans that they should give money to. And the point you made about, yeah, flying on a private jet, if you are a religious individual, a leader of religion, you should be living in the forest and wearing leaves. If you believe in God, God did not, the way people believe in God, God did not invent money, humans invented money. And God doesn't care about money or what they think are power. So a religious leader that is living in this extravagant mansion, driving around in limousines, that makes no sense. They should have no money whatsoever and walking and to wherever they need to go and baking their bread, you know, not having money at all. They support a monetary system. It makes it's backwards to what they believe in. It's just yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Well, and to your point about power too, I get a lot of grief from people because they feel that I'm hard on the white man. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Right. However, the white man has been in power for a very long time, but I am not, I am not in denial of the fact that whoever's in power is probably going to behave the same way. Because, you know, Clarence Thomas, 
asshat. I mean, <laughs> asshat. You yep. know, it's power corrupts, right? It, it always does. Marjorie Taylor Green, for fuck's sake. Sorry. Oh but no, I mean, no, no, no. Was- like, I am not in denial that all power just for some reason makes people crazy. And except for Bernie Sanders. I exactly. I like the distinction, too, of I think you've got good humans and bad humans. Good humans believe in equality. Bad humans do not. And unfortunately, a lot of men are bad humans. And I, there's a, a big man problem on the, on the planet. There's a lot of bad men. And men like power. They like having over people. And it, it's something my wife and I talk about quite a lot is that the only thing that men a lot of times are physically stronger than women. But not emotionally, and quite honestly, one person that ran into that school in Texas was a mama. She got past those cops, and she unarmed and ran in there and got her kid. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about bravery. I'm talking about just... No, but I'm saying that physically, yes. But when you add emotion to it, and combine those two things... Yeah. And females are just naturally more evolved beings than men. And I think that we should almost, not almost, we should reverse the power structure of the world. Every leader that is a man, I think, should be taken out of power. And a woman if should be. Especially if they're a boomer, all right? No. There's no reason that we need 80-year-olds running the show anymore. No, no. Because the world that they lived in, much different. It's just, it's actually- just different. It's that mentality that's holding us back. You know, you shouldn't have those kind of and people in power are making decisions based off of their religious beliefs. Well, and also they're socioeconomic and yeah. all way, way over what the average American's making. Exactly. No one that is in a position of authority right, should be religious because their morals are influencing what they think. You can't have that to run a country. See Florida as an example. Uh, we couldn't have gotten out of Florida fast enough. We oh, lived there God. for... Well, and if that guy runs for president, I like after Trump won, I put nothing past. I agree. I know it, it's it's pretty scary. And it's like what people don't understand about a leader is that a, a successful leader unites the country that they support. An unsuccessful leader does not. And you cannot trust someone who is trying to divide a country. Mm-hmm. And, and people will grab Trump from day one. It was exactly. Biden. And now and, Biden is not uniting, though. He I agree. Has, he has done not much. I mean, yeah, he is when he was coming into office, he would make sure Roe v. Wade couldn't be overturned. Um, Hello. So not setting us up for anything good in 2024. I, I agree. And it's it's like these people that are in politics have no real world experience. Like this what is relationship. Mean? It's it's, it's just so undignified. And if you're like, if I'm I'm at work, if I was tweeting about my boss, I would be fired. These people can't get fired, but doing terrible things, acting completely undignified. And there's no board that says this is an appropriate behavior. You have to leave the office. Like that's how the world works. And these politicians are held at a different level, which makes zero sense. It's just a political system that is a circus. Well, and Nick, to your point, too, back to the whole Christian thing is sure. it seems that if you put Christian in your bio or in your social media handle, yeah. it uses all your bad behavior. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then let's say a few prayers and let's talk to the prayer group. And now we're OK. I've, I've, oh. I've sought help. Some of the worst trolls have 
Christian in their descriptor. <laughs> yeah, they think they're doing God's work, you know, cleansing these unchristian morals and, and views. I mean, I think, and that's why I'm so, I want to say the word against, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convince people not to be religious, not to believe in God. And the main problems we have in the world are from people that believe in God, people who are religious. They all share that there's similar views, very controlling, very controlling for women, very dominating, believe in a certain sort of these weird Puritan views that don't make any sense. And no, it's, it's not atheists going on shooting rampage. You're a hundred percent right. It isn't every single one of them is religious. That is where the problems of the world stem from. I don't want to say that every person that's religious is bad. It's not true. But a large majority of them are. These views, they have those views that are limiting human evolvement. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I say I'm agnostic. And I think part of me, the person who grew up religious and prayed every night, has a hard time moving fully to atheists because I've seen and felt the pain of losing someone. And those are the moments in my life when religion at least helped me feel a little bit at peace. Do you I know, know what you mean? mean? I do know what so you mean. I, yeah. so I understand why people, it's like Santa Claus. I'm not going to freaking lie. That you is know? exactly like it. Exactly like it gives it. you comfort. And it it's false hope. Yeah. Yeah. And You're, they feel like they were lost, you know, without it. And I, if you think and about all those people in Texas that lost their babies, it can be the only thing that helps them probably get through it. And that's the thing that's making me so insane is that people keep talking about the right to have a gun. Are you not like considering what 21 families are going yeah. through right now? Yeah. And it's not just 21. There are people that were friends with those people that are exactly family. We talk about mental health. What about the mental health of all these kids who yeah. were raised doing? How can you imagine? And yeah. survive these. Like, I'm so sick of. And I feel like we've gone off the rails here, but okay, no, I like I'm it. so sick like of it. political parties talking about, oh, so we're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade to stop abortion, but we're not going to get ahead of those pregnancies by educating. Oh, or no. Forget that. <laughs> or any of those things. We're going to yeah. wait till the single woman is pregnant. We're not holding the male accountable because, hey. Of course not. Of course not. not or with school loans. We're not going to stop the insanity of the cost of college. We're mm -hmm. just going to maybe give you some debt relief over here. Oh, sure. I mean, it's like. I love what you're saying. We're exactly on the same page. And a lot, most people like us are, you know, there's a lot of us out there. And it's just that we're more dignified in how we, we speak and how we act. A lot I don't of people, know. Am I dignified? <laughs> I think you're extremely dignified. No, you really repeating no, over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. The goal of humanity is to be at peace. We should have a world that is like a complete peace. The only purpose of a gun, it's a weapon used to bring harm to another person being. Mass harm. Like those guns are for war. Exactly. And we should be wanting to live in a society that has no gun. Yes, what I'm saying may sound ridiculous, but we should want it. We should be an evolved species as humans that want world peace. And that can only be achieved. The first step in doing that is to eliminate religion. And once that happens and everyone is on the same page of a vision of life, then we can move forward and solve these other problems. But until that happens, we will never be on the same page. And that's what I'm talking about in this book is exactly that, is that the need for true love, the need for world peace, the need for equality is the fundamentals of how we can succeed. I mean, we succeed, but we just survive.
You know? Well, and I think also to your point, when you use the word equality, you're yeah. never going to have equality as long as we have all these different religions. Exactly. That one's better than the other. As they all believe they're the chosen people. Mm-hmm. Their God is the right God. And that divides us immediately. And causes war and it, every, unnecessary death. Everything. It gives you the wrong morals, the wrong values. That's what religion provides. Roe versus Wade, abortion, guns. Everyone that believes in those items is religious. That's a very tough pill to swallow. I don't want to offend people, and, but it's very true. And if you imagine what people like about religion, what do they really like about it? Humans love tradition. They love getting together, doing things together. You go to church, everyone is doing the same thing, and they love it. It feels good to do the same thing as other humans. It's similar to a sporting event. If you go to a stadium and you're, and you're all the same fan of a certain football team, let's say, well, I mean, do you know how great it feels when you're at a football stadium and you're all wearing the same jersey and you're talking and cheering? Doesn't matter what color of your skin, doesn't matter what you believe in, you're united. Humans also, love. Also, a little cult like, though. Well, you're exactly right. Ohio, I mean. They're very similar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But humans like unity. And if we can unify around peace, around equality, that solves it. It doesn't eliminate your hope of going to heaven. You know, if, if you eliminate God, turn your attention to okay, I don't believe in God anymore because God allows suffering of his in life. All right, well, now let's unify as a species and say, let's make this planet the greatest place on earth. That doesn't make any sense because <laughs> we live on earth, but yeah. hey, the greatest you, society we can. You describe your book, which say the name of the book? In the Beginning. And you describe it as kind of a rewriting of the Bible. So yeah. I have to ask, do you have, instead of like Luke 516, hypocrisy <laughs> 516? Because really one of the leading things for me with religion sure. is hypocrisy. Yeah, It's no, don't abort that baby, but don't ask me to give you any money to <laughs> that baby yeah. or to get rid of guns to keep that kid safe in school. And again, all these people who are making these decisions went to school at a time where we did not fear someone mm-hmm. was coming in to shoot us. You're exactly right. It's completely different now. And so in, and in the book, it's kind of, yeah, it's, so in the beginning, it's the first words of the Bible. That's why I called it that. And I broke the book up into two different parts. The first half of the book is a recreation of the uh, Old Testament. And the second part of the book is a recreation of the New Testament. And I don't like have like chapters like it is of the Bible, but it starts off with how the world was created. And I've just reversed it so that God creates angels because God wants to be worshipped and loved and torments these angels. And Satan, Lucifer, is the first angel to create, given the gift of creation from God because Lucifer is so loyal and creates the earth out of wanting to give God a beautiful gift and show how creative and beautiful something can be. And God's jealous of that creation and so creates humans to destroy that beautiful earth because God doesn't want anything beautiful to be created except that what a God can do. So just be yeah, redoing how the earth was built and why humanity exists the way it does today, how religion was formed, how money was formed, that it was all influenced by God. And the second part of the book is really the result of a challenge between God and the devil. The devil saying, I want to be expelled from existence because I can't live in a existence where this beautiful earth I created is being destroyed. So they create a challenge and they say, create two humans in present day that are absent of any love for God, bring them together through these very trying and desperate events, and they fall in love, and ultimately a horrible tragic event will happen, and those two humans will have to decide the fate for all the souls in existence. And whatever they decide, at the end, they will have to make a choice that either heaven will exist or hell will exist. And whichever choice they make will be the end of God or the end of the devil. 
And I call that part the New Testament. And the last chapter, I can't see too much to give it away, but the last chapter is called Genesis, which is the first chapter of the actual Bible. And it's about a life without God and how amazing that life would be. And so that tale is really kind of how I've created this new recreation to challenge God and make people believe that we can't continue to this type of society. We've gone too far. Like, like in the 17, let's say, put us back in the 1700s. Well, there's no computers, there's no internet, there's no communication. And it'd be easy to believe in God because someone would just tell you and you believe in it. But now, in present day, it seems like it'd be impossible to believe in God. With there all are still flat earthers, Nick. <laughs> I mean, you can't explain it. And it's honestly getting worse because unfortunately, I was reading something about the whole Johnny Depp trial. And for Amber Heard, what regardless mm-hmm. of what you think of her, Johnny Depp had an amazing PR machine working on his yeah. behalf. And people were getting their information about that trial from fucking TikTok. That's- um, and those are biased people, not always based in fact. Exactly. And I honestly, like, for the little bit of good social media puts out, there's a whole hell of a lot of that. And that's, yeah, that's the worst part about the internet. I mean, the internet is beautiful. It's just free information. Well, not technically for you to pay for a connection, but the bad thing is that people don't do their own research. If you just research a basic news article and compare it against other articles, you can probably make your own opinion. But people, like you said, well, oh, this is on TikTok. This is on wherever. Well, it must be true. And they don't go any further. And if you just choose to do that, become an involved person, you'll see that you should be believing in different things. It's shocking that people refuse to do that. And to bring back to what we've been talking about, usually those kind of people that are have their head in the sand are religious. Well, people also, they want so badly to believe something that even though everything is telling them it's wrong, mm-hmm. they want to believe it. So they're going to listen to that one voice. It's just like all the, oh, the shooting at uh, Parkland, those were actors. Yeah. Or the Newtown, what those families in Newtown went through, yeah, it's crazy. And I guarantee you, most of those people that were torturing them claimed to be religious. You're exactly right. And that, I like that example. My wife and I say that all the time is that pick that event. Where was your God on that day? Where was God? And pick any religion. If your God did not step in and stop that assault from happening to innocent people, you Amen. should not worship right. that God anymore. Yeah. And challenge that guy and say, I refuse to believe in you. I refuse to love you because you are not stopping innocent life from suffering. I said that to many people before. I, mean, I think that's a great argument because you can't fight religious people with belief. They believe what they want and that's it. But if you say that, like, no, then challenge your God. That's how I view myself. I'm a God challenging individual. That's what this book is. It's, it's a direct challenge to every religion. Stop believing in God. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I have found that the people that we're talking about also will not change their minds until Mm. it's at their front door. That's true. And a a truly evolved person realizes their involvement is never over. It's debilitating sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I would sit around and cry, you know, these people in Texas, I don't know them, but I I immediately put myself in their situation. Like I can't imagine yeah. The pain, the fear. And my kids in school, it's something I think about all the time. And, ha- and as a parent, like my, my, we don't have any kids. And I put myself in the, your shoes. Put myself in your shoes right now. Like, think about if I was a parent, you, you're just appalled. Not even appalled. It's like, how can this be? How can this be where we live? How can this be part of society where innocent beings, children who have not lived a full life of, a, at all are now gone? It's the most traumatic thing you can ever imagine. And it, it should be pushing people to completely 
change and reevaluate their beliefs. That's what I am trying to push with this book is that it's time to reevaluate. It's time to evolve. We cannot live like this anymore. It cannot, for us to progress, religion has to stop. It's a moneymaker though, Nick. (laughs) Can you imagine like if a religious leader heard me, us talking about this, they would, you know, make a huge deal about it. Why isn't a religious leader saying, no, don't give me your money anymore. I live in the ground under a tree. I dug this out for myself and I don't care if I die tomorrow because I'm doing God's work right now and sacrificing my life every single day. That's what a good religious leader should do. And mm-hmm. none of them are doing that. I mean, I nope. All of them are flying their private jets, these extravagant houses and everything, and they should literally have no money. They should be not involved in society the way we function. It doesn't matter to them. And they may die of starvation. That should be meaningless to them. Every yeah. day should be a sacrifice. Well, yeah. where can people find your book? So my book is available on Amazon, self-published, indie, independent author. If you type Nick Gerard in the search function, it'll come right up. And spell your last name. It's G-I-R-A-R-D. Nick okay. Gerard. All right. So Nick, we're going to play our game, make it a little lighter because- yeah, I'm hot as well. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing a, you know, I wanted to dress, like I never know how to dress for these, you know, and Sorry, I always- I'm casual. So I'm, I'm, I'm burning up. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, we're going to get through this. Okay. So oh, take your time. The name of the game is playing God. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to name movies and you need to tell me who the actor was that played God. Okay. 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 So who, okay. Who the actor was that played God. Played God. Okay. Okay. Through the Oh God film franchise, this veteran entertainer found new wind in his career playing Lord and Savior to a different character each movie. The first one starred John Denver. It's from the 70s. So, or in the 80s. Uh, he was a little old guy with a cigar. I don't know. George Burns. Oh, no, I don't know that. Okay. Uh, Here we dang. go. Provocative filmmaker Lars von Trier made God a Woman in the form of this actress, and the role earned her a Best Actress nomination at the 1997 Oscars. And it was for Breaking the Waves. Uh, uh, my. I actually found a few with women playing God, which made me think. Well, I, I first was going to say, uh, when you first said women playing God, I was going to, I was like, I hope she says that your description was about dogma. I'm, oh, well, that's the next it? one. Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, I got that okay. one. This one's Emily Watson. Okay. This actor put his velvety voice to good use as the entity reigning over heaven in the Jim Carrey-led comedy, Bruce Almighty. He even returned in the lesser sequel, Evan Almighty, where Steve Carell played a modern Noah. Morgan Freeman. Yep. Yes. All right. All right. This one I would never have gotten maybe with okay. your hair, though. The way <laughs> this heavy metal rock and roller and film director provided the voice of God in James Gunn's 2010 superhero satire, Super. Uh... I'm doing terrible at your. <laughs> I don't know this one either. Rob Zombie. Blast. Ah. Oh, yeah, you're don't, right. I don't know about that one. So. Oh, I don't know that one either. And oh. I'm older than you by like a decade. So I knew. <laughs> so. I did not I know we was, was God in that movie either. So you didn't do so bad. All right. Not too bad. I need a. You got the two that I would have got. You know, you got two of the three I would have got. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and letting me talk at you. I love this conversation. I, I got to tell you, it's like I said before, it's, it's refreshing to talk to someone like yourself, you know, like I love these kind of conversations and they're so important. And that's how obviously, you know, I'm, I wrote this book to really unite humanity around a shared vision of peace, equality, and the need for true love. That's what I'm here to do. 
And I know that sounds cheesy, but that's why I'm trying to get out of finance. It's why I'm trying to get a, a new life, you know, of. Where uh, do you want this to take you? I, I mean, you want to get out of finance, but look, I, look, I don't I, want to start a cult, Nick. Oh, no, no, don't worry about that. Don't be no. doing that, right? <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> I mean, I want to write for a living. I'm a small time guy. You know, I'm an independent author. I've sent this book to numerous different literary agents. No one really pays attention to me. And that's fine. Oh, well, I mean, let's be honest. What you wrote about would set a lot. I, I agree. Of but what is good about it is that as small as I am, it, it's getting great feedback. And that's why I'm not stopping. Because people are reading and saying, look, everyone comes across with the same kind of content to me. It's a mind blowing concept. And it makes me think they're like, look, people give me reviews. They're like, look, I was raised Catholic and your book stopped me in my tracks. And so religious people and non-religious well, All those priests that molested all those oh. kids didn't stop them in their so, trip. <laughs> that didn't clue you in, but this, oh yeah, <laughs> but this book did. It's getting that kind of response. It's a, it's a mind-blowing piece that no one's really done. No one's taken this bold approach. We're, we're actively trying to challenge God. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I know it sounds cheesy, but my real, the, the topic is bold and very blasphemous, but everyone realizes the same things, that the book is you feel unified in humanity around a shared vision. If we can accept that, we're going to be an okay society. And that adventure, that inspiration lives within these pages. It's a true, very intense journey that you will never be the same after reading. Well, you need to find yourself a famous atheist to read it and tweet about a, it or post. A good point. I mean, yeah. Silverman is, uh, is oh, atheist. Really? Oh, that's good. She okay. has a podcast, but I don't know that she has guests on her podcast. So when, okay. whenever I see clips, it's talking. <laughs> But anyway, what are your social channels? Do you have any, Nick? I do. So I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram. I send this book all over the world. So my name on Instagram is Nick D. Gerard. D is for Derek, my middle name. And what's great about Instagram is that it's a world full of, most, actually a lot, mostly female. And it's amazing because everyone's just interested in books and reading. And I send this book all over the world. I send this book to 19 different countries, mostly females, Pakistan, India, Jordan, Bulgaria, Mexico, Colombia. Australia, I send it everywhere for free because I want people to be inspired. People see that on my page. I do a lot of very goofy stuff on Instagram because you know, you know how social media is. Everyone's trying to be cool and sexy and I don't try to do those things. I just try to be myself and myself is really just kind of lighthearted shenanigans, but that's how I come across and it, people are receptive to it because I'm not trying to be cool and mm -hmm. sexy. I just am trying like, look, this is what I'm out here to do and it's, I've got a good story behind it. It's beautiful to meet people and send them free books that people have never met in a different other side of the world. Some, a, a lady from India, a book club in Jordan, who I had a call with a year ago, and we just talked about the book. And it was it's a beautiful thing. And that's how I try to get myself out there is try to meet people and send them free copies as gifts. You could be changing some lives. That's more than yeah, any that's, amount of money could do for you. Yeah. Although that's, when that's, you can't pay your rent, you might feel differently. So, I, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> very true. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Jobsville Podcast. We're at jobsvillepodcast.com and at Jobsville Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you, Nick. And pleasure, Brianna. Thank, thank you. you for listening. Please review and subscribe. Will do. Thanks, Brianna. Thank you. That's me in the corner.
whisper 